Hi, I'm Jill Sylvester, licensed mental health counselor and author of the self-help book, Trust Your Intuition, 100 Ways to Transform Anxiety and Depression for Stronger Mental Health, and the young adult self-help fiction novels, The Land of Blue and Devon Dream Agent Book One in the Devon series. Each of my books deals with the theme of intuition because for me, it all comes down to listening to and trusting your own inner voice, the one of your best self, the highest self, in order to live your best life and also to trust that voice and develop it in order to help and serve humanity. Hi, welcome to this week's podcast, which will be the topic of, or the topic on, the law of attraction. I received an email from somebody who asked me to talk more about this. So, what is the law of attraction? I'm going to start with some definitions. Newton's third law of motion states, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So, what we put out comes back to us, right? Albert Einstein says that everything, or has said, everything is energy, and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the energy you want, and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. Gary Zukov has said, you create your reality with your intentions. When we build on this definition, for example, Jerry and Esther Hicks in the book, Ask and It Is Given, they talk about deliberate creation and the art of allowing. By connecting to the source energy of all things, deliberately reaching for thoughts that hold you in a vibrational alignment that allows your world to fall into alignment, you are deliberately creating what you want. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a moment. And then another definition I pulled from, because this is a recent book I read, and, uh, and, I, and I really liked it, Buddha and the Badass by Vishen Lakani. I hope I'm saying that right, or uh, pronouncing his name right. How the world will reflect back to you what you truly, deeply believe you are. That is uh, his perspective of you know, what you put out comes back to you. So by creating the identity, he says, for yourself that you want, by bringing new beliefs about yourself into being, you are tricking your subconscious mind into believing the identities that you are placing upon it, thereby attracting what it is you say you want to have, do, or be. So how do we do this? Right? That's, that's the magic question. How do we do this? We, we get the law of attraction in theory. What we put out comes back to us. It makes sense with our logical brain. It's practical. It sounds really great. But how do we put the energy, the right energy, out there in order to bring back to us what we want? To believe it before it happens, going beyond the affirmations and the idea of it all, and then grounding it into being. How do we do that? Here's what I really want to focus on in this podcast is what you believe, what you believe is what you attract. You can say all the affirmations in the world with with, you know, um, with theory and and your conscious brain, again, of understanding the practicality of it all. But if the way you feel doesn't resonate or match what your brain is thinking, you're not going to attract to you what you're seeking. And then you're going to blame it on the affirmations and say, law of attraction is BS, it doesn't work. Or you're going to blame it on the people and circumstances in your life. You know, those things don't happen to me. I have such and such in my life, and that's why things can't move forward. Or, you know, I don't come from that line of thinking, or good things never happen to me. You're not going to realize that you're contributing to your own chaos. You have to emit a vibe that is a match of what you want and then get out of your own way. So let's break it down into steps. 
the first step we're going to talk about is choosing. So choose. Decide what it is that you want. Is it a new job? Is it a new home? A new relationship? It could be all three. You need to decide what it is that you really want. So I want you to grab your journal or a piece of paper. You can stop the podcast here and write down the thing or the things that you really, really, really want. What I want you to keep in mind is that it's not the thing. It's never the thing. It's not the car. It's not the laptop. It's not the house. It's not the guy or the girl. It's, it's not the thing. It's the feeling associated with the thing. It's the feeling of what it would feel like to be in your beach home and watch the sunset every night. It's the feeling of having a relationship with someone to come home to every day and share both the good and the bad about your day and and listen to that person talk about their day. It's the feeling of being in a new job where you're proud of putting your skills to work and having the appreciation come from those clients, those patients, those colleagues of of serving somebody else and the feeling that comes from that. It's never the material object. It's never the money. It's the feeling of what goes along with all the things that we say we want. So I want you to sit and explore that right now. Take a few minutes or just if you know it in your head and you've always known it, then choose what it is that you really want right now and and make a list of those things. Again, it could be one thing. It could be five. It could be 25. But get really clear on what it is you want because when you're clear, clearer on what you want, you're going to have a better chance of feeling that feeling come back to you, of seeing that magic start to happen in your life because you're clear on what it is you want and you're going to be clear on the landscape that's in front of you of whether you know it's happening to you or not. When we come back, we're going to talk about step two. The sponsor of this week's podcast is Whole Body Solutions, a female-owned holistic wellness center established more than 30 years ago by Dr. Ann Doggett in Quincy, Massachusetts. Their goal is to provide natural answers to health and wellness concerns for the community. They are excited to announce that their safe, effective, and quality-controlled products are now available online. Take 10% off your first order by signing up for their patient rewards program at shop.wholebodysolutions.org. Okay, step two, create. If you want something and you know what you want, the next step is to learn how to create it. So first we choose and then we start to create. Example, if my client tells me they want to be a coach, I tell them to dress like one, speak like one, brush their teeth like one. I say the same things to kids who tell me that they want to play like their favorite quarterback before a game or their favorite pitcher before a game. I say, you want to act like that person you want to become. You want to dress like them. You want to walk like them, talk like them. Put yourself in the role of the person that you admire, of the position that you want to be in, whether it's a speaker, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a doctor, a lawyer, a creator of any kind, start to feel what it would feel like to be them. Imagine yourself in that position and start to get in that space and get in that vibe. This could be being a better parent. 
It can be a more loving partner. Think about what it would be like to be the parent that you want to be, the partner that you want to be. Think of a person who's a graceful, loving person who always seems to exude kindness and compassion. Think about that person and start to create that space for yourself by imagining yourself being in that person's shoes, what it would be like to talk like them and have exchanges like them, to interact with people like them. It's not copying per se, but this is an imagination exercise that's really, really powerful because you are starting to move into a space that you keep talking about that you want to enter. Now, this should be playful. You are acting as if you are putting yourself in the role of someone you admire, in the position of, of a space that you want to achieve. It's being in somebody else's shoes, not necessarily someone, you know, specific per se, but more of like the feeling associated with that person in that position or that feeling as a good parent, a good partner in that position, making that kind of money, doing that kind of work, achieving those kind of goals. And Again, this should be playful and fun. Being a creator of any kind is playful. It's not forcing it. It's being in a playful position of creating what you want to have. Think about the last time you made a recipe that you really liked or working in your garden or um, you know, putting together a favorite outfit or whatever it is that you like to create, painting or writing of any kind. Think about the feelings associated with that. It's fun. It's childlike. It's, it's play. Being a creator is being playful. It's still effort. It's still work. You're still thinking about it with your conscious mind of what you're trying to achieve and do and attain, but it's also fun and playful. So think about exactly what it is you want to achieve and start to create that space for yourself. So maybe you say something like, all right, tomorrow... If you listen to this in the morning, you can say today. So you say, today I'm going to act like I'm already in the position that I want to be in. Whether I'm a multimillionaire or I'm a person seeing 30 clients a week in my coaching practice or I am a parent who is more attentive to my kids' needs and more present with people or the kind of best friend that I want to be or the kind of partner that I want to be, whatever it is, colleague, daughter, son, anything. Think about how you could just for 24 hours Feel what it would feel like to be in that position. And then I want you to put yourself there. Again, brush your teeth like that person. Walk like that person. Talk like that person. Behave like that person. And then at the end of the 24 hours, I want you to make a note of how it felt and what kind of outcome that you saw. What kind of energy came back to you? What kind of relationships did you have during the day? What kind of magic unfolded? What kind of good things happened as a result of that vibe going out? Make a note of it. Observe. Do your own little science experiment on it and take a note of it. Make notes of it. Okay, then step three. This is when you change. Meaning, 
people notice a difference. So let's say you run this experiment for a while. You don't just do it for a day. You do it for two weeks. You do it for a month. Remember, I've given an analogy of exercise. You don't just lift, you know, your five-pound weights or your 25-pound weights or whatever it is to work your biceps. And after a day, you're like, oh, I don't see results. I'm going to give up. This is this is sometimes where people give up too soon. You have to give it time to put yourself in this role of this space of what you want to achieve in order to see the results. And when you start to make changes, okay, this is when you get this subtle feedback. These subtle little things come up in your life. People notice the difference in you. You notice the difference. It's the little things. It's the subtle, different feelings. It's the, hey, I just noticed that I paused before I yelled at my significant other or my children. Or I got a little more confident when I asked for what I wanted, or I just used my voice in a way that I've never used my voice before. Or I asked the universe for a new client, and then I got one. It's these little magical signs along the way versus the huge lightning bolts that happen with the epiphanies sometimes that we think, okay, we're just going to jump into this new space, and then you know the Red Sea is going to part, and everything's going to be the way that we want it, want it to. And if we don't see it unfold that way, we give up, right? So so think about it in terms of just paying attention. Maybe an exercise in this change phase of it is that every night you write in your journal along with your gratitude of what you noticed as a result of this change phase. So we choose what we want first. We create it. We shape and mold it. And then we change. It's inevitable. You can't not change as a result of putting something into motion. You're changing something about yourself. It may not happen overnight, but it does happen, I can assure you. So that's why I want you to pay attention to the landscape that unfolds and notice these little things that happen before the landscape radically changes. Pay attention to the things that you might not think are huge, but that are still there, giving you little messages of hang in there. These things are changing, you know. Notice the conversations that you have with people, the way nature speaks when you're talking about something powerful, a big, huge breeze that comes by just when you're talking about something exciting or that butterfly or that dragonfly that lands on your finger, which is what happened to me yesterday when I was talking about something with my husband and just kind of sat there for a while and hung out on my thumbnail. It was really interesting. Um, those little signs, those little fun, magical, awesome things that happen as a sign of, yep, you're on the right track. Things are happening. Things are moving. Pay attention to the way nature speaks to you. These little things that happen are really the big things that are mirroring back to you that, yes, you are changing. Yes, you are walking into new territory, and you are now in a different realm of experience of new opportunities that are coming your way. Now, sometimes in this phase, this is where people and situations change so much because things can happen pretty fast sometimes. We get all excited about it, you know, like we're all in, right, that we get scared. We hang on for dear life. And then it's if we're saying, okay, I want that, but no, I really don't. I want that, but then things are changing so fast. So we dig our heels and we stop. We freeze the moment and then we get really scared, you know, scared about it because it's that trouble at the border thing. We, we say we want it, that we're all in, but then things start to change and we don't recognize our 
our new life or the landscape that starts to shift. And what we don't understand, realize in that moment, is that we said we wanted something, but with our behavior now, not our rational brain. Our rational brain says, yes, I want that, I want that. But our behavior, when we freak out, is saying no. So the universe responds in kind with, okay, then we're going to put a pause on that and we're going to wait on you. And then, again, we blame it on the universe, right? We blame it on everybody else. Our things don't work out for me. When we don't understand that the kink in the connection in that forward-moving trajectory is us because we put the brakes on it, because we're scared, because things change, you know? So, for example, I had a client who wanted to go on a date after getting divorced. She talked about it, she talked about it, she talked about it, and then someone texted her, and she got so nervous, she said, I'm only free on Wednesdays. Um, so, you know, her, her, her thing was, I want it, I want it, I want it. But really her behavior was, I want to keep to myself. I'm too, I'm too afraid to change. I'm going to continue to play small and I'm going to keep hiding. And, you know, what happened? The person didn't respond. So she said, well, they must not have been interested anyway. But, you know, maybe, maybe not. But what's more important is that initially... The intention was a yes, but then the behavior says no, right? Another example is someone I knew who wanted a new job and wanted to take a big step. You know, all these ideas was getting really excited about a new life, wanting to take chances and, you know, leave her job because she felt like she wasn't using her skills the way the universe wanted her to to use them. Two years later, she's still in the same job, still having the same conversations. No judgment, but she's saying yes but meaning no, right? It's putting it out and saying, I want something, I want something, I want something, but the action is not backing up the intention. And this is where the picture gets skewed and we get upset that the landscape isn't changing fast enough and that it's not you know, the picture that we have in our mind because we're not aligning with it. We're aligning with our, with our head, with our brain, but our behavior, our heart, our belief system is not really thinking that it can change. So we hang on to our old life. And this is where, you know, we, we stay stuck and we stay stagnant. So it comes down to really making those choices and really saying, yes, I'll, I'll give you my own example because I've done this myself many times. When I wanted to publish my first book, all day long I'd go around saying in my head, you know, I, I'm going to do this, I'm going to write my first book, I'm going to share my thoughts and ideas with the world, and I really meant it, and I believe that I meant it. Except I'd get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, I'd hear the gremlin shout, who do you think you are? And I'd dive bomb right back under my covers and say, well, maybe someday when I'm ready. You see what I mean? Change is not so easy during the day, it's really easy to declare what we want. Sometimes at night, when it's dark and it gets scary, we can just want to throw the covers over our head and say, maybe tomorrow. So if you choose what you want and you start to create what you want, you have to be willing to change. And change can be scary. Sometimes the landscape changes so much that our relationships start to fade away. And our situations change. It doesn't even look the same. That can be really scary. It's like, you know, tectonic plate shifts underneath us. And the foundation becomes very, very frightening. 
and not as solid as it was before. And that is, you know, the time that we want to throw in the towel. And it makes sense. It's very, very scary. But if it's what you want, and if you feel like this is something that's going to give you the feelings of self-actualization and make your heart sing, then you want to behave as if you're all in and back up the action with thought so that the universe can then show back to you that they're all in as well. So the last, the last stage is becoming. When you become who it is you choose to be and then actively create that person or that situation and then be willing to change, it just happens. It's like magic. One day we're there. We are healthier. We don't eat bad foods anymore. We've kicked bad habits to the curb because we no longer settle for those type of behaviors or those new, or, you know, we've created new relationships. We feel more patient, more kind, more confident, more secure, more stable, more graceful, more powerful, the good kind of powerful, not ego powerful, soul powerful, peaceful, graceful. We've created businesses for ourselves. We've written books that we've wanted to write. We're there. This is the time where we need to stop and assess our growth, to not minimize it and dismiss it away, but to say, wow, I, I did it. I see these, these monumental shifts that have happened in my life, and I feel the growth in the change. Yes, I made some mistakes, and sometimes I continue to still fall, but mostly... I became what it is I said I would. This is the time to celebrate and then to create next what you want to create because life is about creating and growing and expanding and enjoying the fruits of our labor. Questions this week. Um, Email from a person who said, one of the questions in the podcast last week talked about letting go of relationships. What if you can't let go? Like, could you address how to manage relationships you may not be able to let go of, like children, parents, sibling, or spouses? Yes, absolutely. Um, The brief answer here is that it's really hard. Uh, You're right. Sometimes we can't let go of these relationships because there are people we live with in the same house. I mean, we can, but we can't, right? So I would say the most direct and clear and concise answer is one word, and that's detachment. If we need to let go of things that we can't change, and last week we talked about what this person was emailing was about last time we talked about um, we have to be the ones to change when we can't get somebody to think the way we want them to think or you know get them to change, um, and sometimes we need to let go of that expectation. The best way that I would say to handle that is to detach yourself. So if we're living in a house, let's say, with a child who's just giving us, you know, a a lot of difficulty and not responding to the um, ideas and strategies and solutions that we're trying to get them to adhere to, or uh, a spouse that doesn't hear us when we're trying to get them to, you know, see new horizons for themselves, this is when you need to detach. And detaching means that we love a person enough to let them go and paint their own canvas and not see it the way we see it and force their timetable. The best you can do is be a role model for others, 
offer it to them and then let them go. So in the day-to-day, that might mean, you know, being cordial and kind and connecting and then stepping back and doing your own thing and making sure that you take care of yourself, still loving that person, still, you know, making suppers and cleaning up and offering what you can. Um, But certain topics just might have to be off limits and you may have to detach yourself. So, you know, for the sanity for, for all involved. Second question I overthink everything. This is an email. I overthink everything. Tips? A simple answer here again, distraction. Go do something else. If you are an overthinker, then you're definitely getting in your own way. When we talked about, you know, law of attraction, you want to put out there what you want to come back to you. And if you're an overthinker, you're thinking about all the reasons why something can go wrong. You're putting out an energy vibe that's going to come back to you in chaos and confusion. If you find yourself overthinking, and the symptoms usually are, time will go by, and we're looking at the clock and we're like, oh my God, we've been thinking about the same thing, we've gotten nowhere. Get up and move. Go call someone. Go run your hands under cold water. Go for a run. Go do something different and break the connection that threatens to run away with you and eat at the precious minutes in your day. Distract yourself and take action. That's how you get back in control. And the third question this week was from one of my clients who had asked how to ground themselves during this anxious time around kids and going back to school and not knowing how jobs are going to be and and how to, um, you know, parent our kids and take care of our kids while they're going to school in whatever situation, whether it's going to be hybrid or online and all the anxiety that's that's in the world right now. So specific question on foods to ground. Yes, Foods that ground, um, primarily protein. Go grab a grass-fed hamburger once a week. Eat eggs a few times a week. Eat turkey bacon a few times a week. That's what I do when I know I need protein and to ground. I'm mostly plant-based, but after a few days, sometimes I feel like I need more than that, so I'll make some turkey bacon and add it into my diet. If you're exclusively vegan, make sure you're having a plant-based protein powder. Put two scoops in and have a shake twice a day. That way it'll give you 60 grams right off the bat if it's a 15-gram scoop of protein, protein. And you need a baseline of 50 to 70 grams of protein each day. So if you're not getting that and you're feeling anxious and you want to know foods, um, you know, that can help you. This could be why, among other things, of course. But as a holistic therapist, this is part of the lens I would choose to view from in order to change the situation. Please see a nutritionist for more specific guidance. But as a general tip around food, if you're feeling anxious and you feel like you want foods to help ground you, then I would start there with protein and explore what feels right for you, but just make sure you're adding it in. If you like today's podcast, please hit subscribe and share with your people. And please check out my books and products at www.jillsylvester.com, where you can also sign up for my wellness blog to receive tips and strategies to deepen your intuition and live your very best life. Thanks for listening.